takes a verbal governor. When I started working with Nick Saban's football program around 2007, I began building mental architecture of the team. When Nick took over the program, it still had a great brand name, but it slipped in terms of talent and mindset. So Nick was going to recruit better players, and his staff was going to have to teach those plays and schemes that would work on the football field. I was one of the several people Nick used to help train the players' brains. It wasn't enough to train just the leaders of the team. Those guys were already predisposed to do the right thing. We needed to reach every player from the captain on the D's list to the third stringer struggling to stay academically eligible because every one of those players had an effect on our team. For the players to maximize their contributions to the team, we needed them to influence themselves better. My influence has one-tenth the power of your influence on yourself. You have ten times the influence I do when it comes to you. So we understand that with a population of 120 uh, guys, as much as we needed to get our leadership right, we had to get all of our players' mindsets right. No one can influence change in their lives like they can. One change would help tremendously, but it would be more difficult to accomplish than you might think at first. If you've been around a lot of 18 to 22-year-olds, maybe you'll appreciate how hard this was. My goal, my aim, and my dream was this. What if we could just get people to stop saying stupid shit out loud? This is what we know. The human mind absorbs negativity seven times more easily than it absorbs positivity. We also know that the language is the most powerful carrier of negativity. Thinking about my struggles is nowhere near as powerful as verbalizing them. When it comes out of my mouth, it affects me tenfold. If it's negative, it may be seven times more on top of that. And we know negative is more powerful than positive. Study after study has shown people respond more powerfully to negative emotions and experiences than they do positive emotions and experiences. Ever wonder why people seem to remember all the bad things that you say about them and none of the good things? We're hardwired that way. It's an evolutionary trait. Lots of articles have proven that. And, you know, the world has changed. The odds of you walking off an unforeseen cliff or getting eaten by a bear have dropped considerably. We are relatively safe compared to our long-ago ancestors. So this survival instinct that served them so well serves only to make us miserable much of the time. How miserable? Well, let's look at the literature. A lot of studies, Journal of Clinical Psychology shows that worries, negative thinkers, struggle more than non-worriers at completing basic tasks. A French research study in 2013 uh, found that enduring reoccurring set of negative judgments, feelings, and behavioral intentions towards one, an- one towards another person, even if it only comes from one or a few people, can have a disproportionate negative effect on an entire population of employees. A 2018 study in the Behavioral Research and Therapy found that dampening appraisals, telling yourself something is too good to last or that you don't deserve it, decreases happiness and increases sadness in study participants. In other words, thinking negatively could actually kill you. If it doesn't make you want to learn to think neutrally, I don't know what will. If journal articles are too dry for you, let's talk about anecdotal evidence from the sports world that should scare the negative right out of you. I don't know if you guys remember Bill Buckner. Even if you don't follow sports, you may have heard of the Boston Red Sox first baseman who let a ground ball uh, hit by Mookie Wilson trickled between his legs in the bottom of the 10th inning of Game 6 of the 1986 World Series. Buckner's errors allowed Ray Knight to score the game-winning run. The Mets would go on to win Game 7 and extend a Red Sox title drought that dra- dates back to 1918. Because of that play, Buckner, who died in 2019, might be the biggest scapegoat in sports history. 
The creepiest part is what Buckner said 19 days before the game. During an interview with Don Shane of WBZ-TV, Buckner said, The dream's that, or you're going to have a great series and win. The nightmares are that you're going to let the winning run score on a ground ball through your legs. Buckner said it, and it happened. Would Buckner have fielded that ball cleanly had he never said that? We don't know. But the fact that usually sure-gloved Buckner said it out loud means the thought of letting the ball go through his leg was, was on his mind. Did that thought cross his mind as Mookie Wilson's grounder approached? Even crazier is the statement by Pistol Pete Maravich, made in Pennsylvania in, 19, in a 1974 interview. He said, I don't want to play 10 years in the NBA and die of a heart attack at age 40, Maravich said. Maravich started his NBA career in 1970. He retired in 1980. That's 10 years. Maravich died of a heart attack on January 5th, 1988. He was 40. Did this prediction kill him? We don't know. But don't leave it to chance. Stop saying stupid shit out loud. So how do you shift from negative to neutral? Think of it in dietary terms. The first step to being a better eater is not to be, is not being a good one. It's not in dominating broccoli or mastering a plant-based diet. The first step is not being a bad eater. Maybe it's eliminating between meal sweets. Maybe it's swapping potato chips for an apple. Eliminating behaviors is like ordering food from a drive-thru. The contemporary philosopher, Matthew McConaughey, who also acts a little, says that process of elimination is the first step to any serious improvement. One less bad option opens the door for a new and better option to appear more clearly. We have chances to choose the neutral option nearly every time someone greets us. But how often do we actually select it? We frequently get asked, how are you? That has become a substitute for hello. How do you respond to that question? Do you say, outstanding, fabulous, or okay, or shitty? Or do you just pull a norm from Cheers and say, it's a doggy dog world and I'm wearing milk bone underwear? You choose how you respond to that question. You don't have to say okay or shitty. You don't have to say outstanding or fabulous either. But the first two responses will affect you more negatively than the second two. Negatively affects you negatively 100% of the time. You have to retrain your brain to look at the world differently than it wants to. As I walked out of a major league clubhouse in 2019, I immediately jumped into a number of meetings scheduled throughout the day with various players, coaches, and executives. I circled back later in the day to one of the team's best players and leaders. I had a long relationship with him, so he wasn't hearing my message for the first time, even though most of the teammates were. People truly appreciated the way you spoke, he said. No BS. These are the realities. You were upfront about what 18 years has taught you, and you got guys thinking less about having to be a particular new way and more about being focused on stopping things that are not challenging to stop. You just have to stop. This was very encouraging. I said, did it make sense, I asked. I know it does to you, but I don't want there to be any debate, period. No debate. Doesn't mean they have to listen or do any of this stuff. Just no debate. He laughed. Trev, you made that real clear. I knew he was referring to the urgency and directness I've learned to speak with in order to survive the world of sports. Teams give me limited windows at important moments, so I try to be as direct as possible. The point is simple and it's true. And let me be clear, bad shit is real. Tough times are real. Many of you reading this book are facing them now, so I don't have to tell you how real they are. Sometimes there isn't much we can do immediately to make our circumstances better, but we can do a number of things to make them worse. After 18 years in the field, I've learned that inner voices and those feelings mess with everyone. But it doesn't have to have the power we think it does. What we say has the power, and those words have an instant link to what we do. 
Average is a choice. Greatness is a choice. There's no magic, only decisions. Great teams behave like great teams. Their behaviors precede their success. Their behaviors create their belief. Behaviors are not only what we do, but we are what we are willing to do. The choice to verbalize our negativity is a death sentence. Anything you tell yourself inside, or most powerfully outside, about your life is defining your life. That means if shit's not going your way right now, it's not because of a coach or a teammate or a situation. It's you. You have the power to change it. You have the power to prolong it. And the reason you've succeeded and where you are it and where you are is not because of things others did or believed for you. It's what you did and said. At Alabama, Florida State, and Georgia, we made a bet of sorts. What if we just don't say stupid stuff out loud? What if we'd stop just that, period? Alabama's won five national titles since then. FFU's won one. Georgia's won one SEC title in Kirby Smart's second season and came a miracle pass away from winning the national title. This stuff works. The decision to reduce to eliminate negativity in your speech is completely within your control. With the negativity reduced, the mind is free to solve problems more clearly. You'll feel liberated, empowered, accountable for your own life. Stopping negative expression is one of the most powerful steps you can take towards neutral thinking. We acknowledge the past, good or bad, 